Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, podcasters. I wanted to pop on really quick to do a quick taping on today because I was super excited as I came out of worship and meditations just to talk to you a little bit about Joshua 2 and 15. Joshua 2 and 15. And I won't even be on here really long. I just wanted to quickly bless you on today. I'll be in Joshua 2 and 15. This is going to be a really quick blessing. I just wanted to come on and hit you with a quick blessing on today because it was a blessing to me. Joshua 2 and 15. If I had to title today's topic, it would be called window of opportunity, window of opportunity. Again, I don't know if you have listened to my podcast I released a couple days ago. It was uh, no more delays, but I think this is right in sync with no more delays and what God is speaking in this very moment, in this season, in this hour. This podcast on today falls succinctly in line with that. Today's title is window of opportunity. We'll be coming out of Joshua 2 and 15. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rahab, the prostitute, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to jump immediately right on into it. Joshua 2 and 15. I'm going to read it. Then since Rahab's house was built into the city wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. I'm going to read that again. Then since Rahab's house was built into the city wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Again, today's title is Window of Opportunity. How many of you know that there comes a point in time when the right environment, the right circumstances, and the right conditions exist to provide each and every one of us with a window of opportunity? I believe that God will set up his divine timing, divine circumstances, so that we all get what's called a window of opportunity to allow something awesome to happen in our life. And we have to be able to be in tune with um, God so that we can take that window of opportunity. Now, he's not going to push himself on us. We have to want to take that window of opportunity. And then if you don't want to take it, you'll look back on it and realize that it's a missed window of opportunity. And the first person that immediately jumps into my spirit that had a window of opportunity was Peter when he walked on the water. Remember, everyone had that same opportunity. They're all out in the storm. The Lord tells them, um, our Lord being Jesus Christ, tells them to go to the other side. He immediately disappears off the scene. He disappears off the scene. He's spending time with the Father in prayer. And then all of a sudden, he tells them and gives them an assignment to go to the other side. The storm hits them in the night. And then all of a sudden, he um, appears to them as if he is a ghost walking on the water. Now, Peter notices him along with the other apostles who notice him walking on the water, but they don't know that it's immediately him walking on the water, him being Jesus Christ. So they notice this ghost, this faint figure walking on the water, and uh, immediately they're scared. Now, at this moment in time, this environment is given, they're all in the same environment and they're all um under the same conditions. And this is what I mean that it's a point in time when the right environmental conditions exist for a particular opportunity. They're all in the same environment, experiencing the same thing, and they're all being given the same opportunity, but they have to take it voluntarily. Now, now stay with me now. So, but 
Peter says is he tells uh, Jesus, if it's you bid me to come when he says, bid me to come, he's basically saying, if it's you, then, you know, tell me to come out on the water and walk to you. And so when he says that, then of course, Jesus says, uh, you know, invites him to come out on the water and walk. So then Peter, of course, comes out on the water and walks and he gets the opportunity to do what we know the story. It's a famous story. He gets the opportunity to walk on water. And that's what I mean by a window of opportunity. Now, everyone else didn't take that window of opportunity to walk. They all they were all in the window. Now, get this, it, because it's a it's a particular point in time where we all get to do something. But some people may not take that opportunity. Some people may let it pass them by. Now, they all benefited from it in some way, shape, or form. Some people may look at it from a negative perspective, but I try not to look at anything that God does from a negative perspective. We look at it from a perspective of a learning experience, um, what ends up happening is the ones who didn't take that opportunity, they get to look at Peter walk and they get to learn from it. Peter gets to learn twofold from the experience. He gets to learn that, okay, as I'm out here and I'm experiencing this walking on water, remember he's walking on the water, he's experiencing that moment, but then he begins to sink when his faith level goes down. So he also experiences it twofold that, okay, if I don't keep my faith level up, if I don't keep my eye on God, then I'm going to sink. And then God has to what? God being Jesus Christ has to rescue him. So he got to experience it twofold. So that opportunity presented itself to them. He stepped out on the opportunity, but then the opportunity continued to go deeper into another opportunity. So that's how I kind of want you to look at this experience with Rahab, the prostitute. So what is happening here with Rahab, and I'll quickly tell you the story with Rahab, is Rahab is a prostitute in the city of Jericho. And what's happening in this particular story is Joshua is getting ready to attack the city of Jericho. He sends in two spies to spy out the city. When he sends in the two spies to spy out the city of Jericho, and you guys know the story about Jericho, how they march around the city of Jericho. Um, once six times and then they come around that last time the seventh time and then on the seventh time they march around seven times and then the city comes crumbling down when the city walls come come crumbling down and now these city walls are fortified walls you got to understand these aren't some um little rinky dink walls these are fortified strong uh walls that they are marching around um, comes tumbling down. This is the story that I'm talking about. This is the city of Jericho that I'm talking about. Before that happens, Joshua sends in these two spies to spy the city out. Now he's doing this because Joshua is this commander of this army. He's doing what any army commander would do. He's trying to figure out, you know, what is he up against? He's, he's trying to get some tactical, uh, decision, uh, making, um, maneuvers, you know, if you will. He's trying to figure out what is going on in Jericho. What am I up against? So he sends the spies there. And when the spies get there, they stop at Rahab's inn or her home. And her home is inside of the city walls. Now you have to understand that Rahab's profession, she's a prostitute. And, and she's a prostitute and they stop over her house. And I know you're saying, okay, wait a minute. She's a prostitute. Why are the spies stopping at her house? They're stopping at her house because I believe that God already knew Rahab's heart. He knew her heart and he knew that she would be in a place to receive them. He, God looks past um, our 
issues. Remember, God takes an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. And this is what I love about God and what I love about um, the awesomeness of the characters that he uses inside of uh, the Bible and why it's so close and near and dear to our heart and why you should be able to look at this and be able to find yourself. The word of God says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, that we should be able to look at these characters and find ourselves in them. These people aren't high people and, and lifted up that we should not be able to see ourselves. Rahab is a prostitute. She it has a profession that's the lowest of the low profession, but God sees past that. He sees her heart. He sees her faith. It, and Rahab gets an opportunity and not just an opportunity, but the spies as well. The spies stop here and they stay at Rahab's house. Now, when they stop there, it's an interesting thing that begins to take place when they stop at Rahab's house. And, and again, you have to understand the details of what's going on inside of the story. And I'll, I'll read it when you go back up to Joshua 2, and I'll run right back up to the beginning, it says, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia. He instructed them, spy out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. Now they're getting ready to try to go into the promised land, but they have to get through Jericho to get there, just so you can kind of stay with me with this story and have some foundation and some historical setting of what's going on here. So the two men sat out and came to the house of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house. They are spies. Sit here to discover the best way to attack us. Rahab, who had hidden the two men, replied, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the city at dusk as the city gates were about to close. And I don't know where they are. If you hurry, you can probably catch them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the flags. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossing places of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left the city gate was shut before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof to talk to them. Now, I want you to take note of what Rahab says. Now, keep in mind, Rahab is a prostitute living in the walls, and the spies have stopped at her house. She's hidden them. She's already lied to the authorities, and she can die for this. She's done all of this um, already as, as she's leading up to get ready to make this statement to the spies that are already hiding on her rooftop under some flax. I know the Lord has given you the land. This is what she's telling the spies. She told them, we are all afraid of you. Everyone's living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. This is when Moses has parted the Red Sea and the children of Israel have walked through the Red Sea when they were rescued from Pharaoh. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River. Now you have to understand that Rahab, she is an Amorite woman. So these Amorite kings are her kings that have been destroyed by um, 
the Israelites, whose people you completely destroy. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God, is the supreme God of all heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father, mother, my brothers and sisters and all of my families. We offer our lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise when the Lord gives us the land. Then since Rahab's house was built in the city wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. So what ends up happening and what I want you to take note of is Rahab was presented with an opportunity. When these spies came to her house, these were men of God. These were from Joshua's army, as I said before. She had to make a choice. She actually had to make multiple choices and she had to make multiple choices fast. She gets the spies to her house. The first choice she has to make is do I keep them here, even though they're here to spy out Jericho? That's the first choice she has to make. And and obviously she makes the choice to keep them there and to hide them on the roof. The second choice she has to make is whether or not she's going to lie to the authorities that are in place that are trying to um, come against and kill these spies, you know, that are from Joshua's army. Now, at that point in time when she's lying, we know that lying is technically wrong during this time of war. Um. Because she is not under the law. You know, some arguments say, you know, that God uh, would forgive her lying, you know, because she's not um, she's not a Jew. You know, so she could not be held responsible for keeping the moral standards set forth in God's law. There's all type of arguments, you know, that that go forth, you know, that Rahab was simply deceiving the enemy as a normal and acceptable practice in war at the time, all types of arguments to go forth in that, you know, Rahab had broke a lesser principle, telling the truth to uphold a higher principle, protecting God's people, all types of arguments you could sway back and forth. And that's something that I want you to ponder out during the week, you know, because this is a window of opportunity that she's seizing. She's saying, okay. And in the fear of God, the one true and living God, because you got to look at the testimony that she, she makes when she's making these decisions, the decisions to keep the spies and then the decision to lie. And then the decision when she goes up to the roof after she lies and she sends off the King's men to go look for some people that she says that are going a certain way that she knows aren't going that way. She comes back to the roof and she begins to talk to the spies. She begins to tell them about their God. She begins to say how, you know, she knows that uh, they're going to conquer Jericho. She already knows it. She says, our hearts melt in fear because you've already conquered the two Amorite kings that we heard that you split the Red Sea. Your God split the Red Sea and you walk through on dry ground. She's already in awe with the stories that she's heard about God. So she's already loving God and has faith in a God that uh, she's just wild by him. So you can tell that she's already through her faith 
being she's already it's already in action. Her decisions are being made because she loves and she wants to serve this God to the point that her decisions and her motives are correct. In James, James said for us to check our motives, our motives should be pure. And you can tell by her actions and her motives that her motives and actions line up. So with that, it just tells me that, you know what? Rahab seized her moment of opportunity at this particular place, at this particular time. And it, and it kind of makes me say, you know what? I am just, I'm in awe with it. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's getting ready to do in your lives right now. He's going to be presenting you with moments of opportunity. And I don't want you to miss it. And that's why I had to pop on today. That's why I had to come on and let you guys know that this is right in line with what I was saying the other day when I was saying that the Lord was speaking, no more delays, no more delays. Things are getting ready to move fast for you. Things are getting ready to be accelerated for you. You don't have to wait anymore for certain things to fall in place. They are now falling in place. And this just lets me know confirmation that much more. You don't have to worry about your past. That that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And you know why? I know that I'm right because Rahab's, her past didn't matter. She knew that she knew that God was faithful. She knew God's record. He didn't, he wasn't looking that she was a prostitute. No one cared that Rahab was a prostitute. It's faith that moves God. It was her faith that God saw. And that's why he was able to use her. He sent the spies to a prostitute's house. He sent those two spies to a prostitute's house and he trusted her heart. He trusted her in the time of trouble that he could use her to be able to get those spies, the things that they needed so that they could strategically take that city. And guess what they did? They strategically took the city. I told you at the beginning of this, they ended up taking Jericho. We know the story, marching around the city of Jericho seven times, that the walls come tumbling down. And guess what they did? Later on, if you continue to read in Joshua, later on in the chapters, they do come back and they guaranteed and promised Rahab that her safety would be taken care of. They came back. She let that scarlet rope down. We call it the rope of hope. Through that window of opportunity, when she took that window of opportunity, when everything was aligned for her to act and she trusted God, she believed in God, she let that rope down. They noticed that rope. They remembered that rope. So, and I'm sure as they marched around that wall over and over and over again, even in their time of uh, maybe getting a little bit worried or, or, or downtrodden in their spirit, as they're marching around this wall, uh, the fourth time, the fifth time, they're looking at that rope hanging out of her window and it's giving them hope. And on that seventh time, and they see that rope, they knew, you know what? She believed. She still believes. We can continue to do this. Let's keep believing because she believes. That woman believes in God. We can continue to believe. So I'm telling you on today, and and, and I'm just excited. And they came back to get Rahab. And, and, and to say, 
I can't even I can't even begin to tell you how overjoyed I am because Rahab's name is mentioned multiple times in the Bible. It's mentioned in Hebrews, in the book of faith, Hebrews 11. She's mentioned in Matthew, in the lineage of Christ. And she's a harlot. She's a prostitute. But God looks past that. He still mentions her name and he still says uh, Rahab the prostitute because he needs for you to know that he could care less about that. But he still put her in the lineage of Christ. He still puts her in the book of faith, still puts her in the book of faith. Isn't that awesome? I'm telling you that because God still wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. God still wants to bless us even now. There's nothing too hard for God in this time and in this season. God desires to use vessels like us. God sees our heart just like he saw Rahab's heart. He saw her faithfulness just like he sees your faithfulness. He sees our faith. And that's what moves and pleases God. He doesn't focus on our past. And if people are focusing on your past, know that God doesn't care about that. He's focused on what you want to do right now. He's focused on what do you want to do right now for him? See, I'm excited for what God's getting ready to do in your life. There's a window of opportunity coming your way and I don't want you to miss it. You're going to need faith. You're going to need focus and you need to be focused on God. I need you to seize the moment, seize the moment, seize the moment. I need you to seize the moment. Your window of opportunity is coming and I don't want you to miss it. Rahab didn't miss her window of opportunity. When it came, she seized the moment. She didn't look at her past. She didn't look at her circumstance. She didn't look for anybody's validation. She didn't look for anyone's approval. She knew God's reputation and she stood on it. He has a reputation that's not flawed. That's what you stand on in this season. God has not failed you and he's not going to fail you. You're going to come out of this thing. You're going to be stronger, wiser, and better for it. And I'm closing. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we love you on today. We thank you for your darling son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you continue to bless the people from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. God, allow your anointing to have free course. Meet each and every person listening under the sound of my voice, God, where they stand in need of. Meet their families, God. Meet them, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Those that are looking for financial uh, security, God, in, in a job, God, meeting them where they need it in their bills, God. I ask that you do it now. I decree and declare good health, wholeness, prosperity, God, but most of all, a relationship with you, God. Don't allow them to be tossed to and fro, God, like a ship without a sail. Allow them to be grounded in you, God. I decree and declare that you will be their reference point on today, God, that they will not look at the tangible things, the things that perish, God, that they will begin to ground themselves in you. We ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And until next time, I love you and God loves you that much more.